Expecto Patronum. <laughs> Do not look that up on Urban Dictionary. What? Oh, no. Seven Days to Play. Welcome to Seven Days to Play, your weekly mobile game review program. I am the Slytherin Sam. <laughs> I am Sla- Sla- Slamtherin Sam. I'm Sam. <laughs> And I'm Edwin Van Ravenclaw, and each week we challenge one another to play a new mobile game. This week it was my turn, and I chose Harry Potter, Hogwild at Hogwarts. <laughs> it's actually Hogwarts Mystery. Mm, I think but they missed out there, they should have done that. It's strange. Um, I, I checked, and there's no apostrophe in Hogwarts Mystery. Mm, because it's not possessive, because Hogwarts is the name of the place. It should be Hogwarts' mystery. Oh, maybe. I guess it's not Hogwarts. <laughs> it's not just a single the school of hogwart yeah <laughs> single wart on a single hog it's not a it's not a pretty name they no. don't have pretty names in this in this world i realize i've done zero zero research about this game i know nothing about it you've watched all the movies i've watched most of the movies now i still haven't finished the last one but i was watching it at the same time as binging on seinfeld so mm. now there's a crossover in my head <laughs> ah little jerry potter <laughs> oh you're a stand-up comedian harry <laughs> Impressive, <laughs> Mr. Seinfeld. <laughs> See, this is a perfect crossover. I should do some slash fic. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the Seinfeld characters, where, where do you think each each of them belong? Like, which houses do you think? Because they're all awful. They're just all in Slytherin. <laughs> they're all in Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. We should do a quiz. Which house are you? Oh, I did that. Yeah. Uh, I did that pretty recently. And I'm uh, Gryffindor. Because I'm dumb but courageous. I forget what I was. I think I did one as well. I can see you as a Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love rules too much. Mm. What's the one where following rules gives you joy? Ravenclaw. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Edwin Man Ravenclaw. Yeah. It works. This is the first first Harry Potter game I think they've released on mobile. First official one. Yeah. Don't go looking on the dark web for those unofficial Harry Potter mobile games. Oh boy. Yeah, you don't even want to get started with <laughs> <Nasty>. those. <laughs> But yeah, this is uh, this is a game that come, came with some serious production, like Warner Brother is behind it. There's a lot of expectation around it. I think it's been covered by a few different places. And, yeah, even I've heard of it. Yeah, and it's launched, so it's obviously out for both iTunes and Google Play Store. So They go for blanket coverage. Can you get it on Windows Phone? Mm, Blackberry? No. Palm Pilot? Because why would you? <laughs> this is RPG game? I would say... <sighs> Mm-hmm. I, it's really hard to describe this game. I would say it, it kind of... One week we, we can do a game that's easy to describe. That'd be nice. Yeah. I'd, I'd say this is like a um, kind of like a, a cross between a mobile MMO game. An MMMMO. But it's not really because you're not re- you don't interface with any other person. You don't... A real person, you mean? Yeah. So, so I don't... It, like yeah, it wouldn't be considered an MMO. What you have to do at each point in time. So it's kind of like a... Walk around. So maybe it's a bit like a Thimbleweed Park in the way. No. Not that I, but I mean, you have to walk around and do things. A point and click. A tap and click. A tap and a point and tap. Yeah. It's, a tap and tap. It actually very much resembles Tamagotchi Forever. <laughs> wow, I was not expecting that comparison. You have, you have <laughs> your character. Oh, that's interesting. And then you just play some really simple games. And then you have to wait to restore your energy before you can do stuff. Right. You have to wait to restore your energy uh, before you can do more activities. And each activity has like some benefits that improves your character in certain ways. Yeah. It even has like the costumes thing. Like you can, 
Mm. You can change your character's costumes. Oh my god, this is Tamagotchi Forever. This is Tamagotchi Forever. But without the delightful match three subgame. <laughs> right, which is sorely missing in this game. <laughs> As our resident story fiend, how is the story? I think the story is actually pretty decent. It's the, mm. it's the one aspect of it that really had me consider playing it a little bit longer. <laughs> I would consider playing this a little bit more. What did you, yeah, what did you name your character? Oh... So there's some restrictions on what it would let me name the character. Because <laughs> I tried to Monster Factory this, obviously. Yeah, I wanted to be named something like Jenny Cucumber or something. <laughs> Even that was not accepted. Everything what? I tried. Why? Why is know. Cucumber not accepted? Yeah, right? My name is Prudes, Ellie, Elia Rogers. <laughs> and you chose a female. I did. Interesting. And I tried to Monster Factory it, but... Cute. I she, tried to do like maximum features. She looks like a... Uh, Her schnoz from the side is quite impressive. A hipster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I went with my default name whenever I create like a game character. Uh, first name is always Samlius for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then the last name, uh, I wanted to make it kind of, you know, have it belong in the Hogwarts world. So mm. I set it as Ro. So I was thinking this is going to be an Asian character. I was initially yeah, planning see, I to... I always s- got, oops, try a different name. Huh. I was planning to name him like Ro, like R-O-H, you know, kind of Korean sounding. Mm, but yeah. I went with R-O-W, which sounds like very much a name in the Harry Potter verse. J.K. Ro. There it is. <laughs> so his name is Samlius Ro. So the game sort of starts with you getting a letter from Hogwarts. Yes saying you have been accepted into the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Oh, what a lifelong dream. Uh, apparently, this is going to be your first year, and so you go to Diagon Alley. Oh, yeah. To go and get your equipment, and you meet your first friend, um, whose name already escapes me. Oh, some, like, goody two-shoes with no personality whatsoever. <laughs> um, so was this goody two-shoes uh, a female for you, or yes. a male? Oh, really? Yes. It was a male for me. Oh. Did he or yeah. she have glasses? Yes. Strange. Um, <laughs> oh, we're playing Guess Who. Yeah. That's my favorite board game. And then as you... That's an underrated game, let me tell you. As you get to the school, you're introduced to the characters, you're put into your proper house. Uh, which house did they put you in? Oh, uh, Huffle, Puffle, Puffle, Muffle, Tuff. Muffle, Tuff. Yes. <laughs> it's the Jewish school. <laughs> yeah. And they put me into Gryffindor. So immediately, like, there's quite some variances. But it seems really... From my playthrough, it actually seemed like it was all sort of meant to be. Did it feel that way for you? Do you have a errant sibling who has besmirched your good name? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is is it in this case? Is it your sister it's or my brother? It, it's your brother. It's my yeah. It's, oh, it's the brother for me too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you're encountered by your first antagonist, who is a girl for me. Oh, Melanie Rogers. Malice. I think it's Malice. Malice Caffrey. Uh, I have no idea what name is. I wasn't Mal- paying attention. Yeah, I think it's Malice something, but uh, from the house Slytherin, because of uh, course, oh, because of course, they need to be Slytherin in order to be bad. Yes, uh, and yeah, like the the adventure continues. You go to classes. You learn different stuff. Well, well, I mean, learn is a strong word, right? It's it's kind of silly in which you learn uh, the different you spells learn and objects. By yeah. tapping on things, you learn by tapping on things. Is <laughs> how I got through school. <laughs> explains quite a lot yeah it's really grindy right you need to tap things to learn you need to tap things to get 
I like to even, level up. I wouldn't even say it's grindy. Like grindy means there's so, it's like satisfying. <laughs> a, yeah, there's like some level of tedium and like hard work a little bit. You tap, you've tapped something four times and oh, you've filled up the potion or something, right? Right. And I thought there would be more elements to the different games that are involved that allows you to learn things or... Or even some kind of uh, thing that you need to memorize. For right. example, the Lumos spell. I can tell you how to do that. It's an yeah. inverted V. And it'll <laughs> tell you every single damn time you need to do it. I was hoping that, oh, you should be paying attention. Oh, don't know how to do the Lumos spell. Yeah. Oh, bad for you. Nope. You have to do this every single time. Ugh. So what the game does is it puts you into these scripted environments where you have to tap your way to get out of certain things or do certain spells that are very scripted. Um, so like one of the first encounter is you're trapped by these vines. Uh, yes. You have to tap the vines and then you do the Lumos spell, which is all very scripted. And it yeah. doesn't feel like you can actually use your knowledge of like, hey, this vine doesn't like light. Let me yes. do the Lumos <laughs> spell to get my way out of this sticky predic- uh, predicament. <laughs> Sticky predicament. There is literally no reason to read anything on this game, as far as I can tell. You can choose how you respond to some conversations, which, again, seems to have no consequence. There's so much reading. (laughs) There's so much reading that you have to do, and it really makes me wonder, like... They should turn this into some kind of book. (laughs) Who is this game for? Who is this? Yeah. Right? I feel like we are kind of the core audience of this game, or we should be the core audience of this game, right? Because, like, the books essentially started... Yeah, I kind of same, grew up with those books. Exactly. Essentially, well, yeah. Like, a bit we old, were but. not that far off from when the books first started and then we're the exact age of where the students were in the book. Yeah, I guess I was a couple of years older, but yeah, yes, it's still a large part of my youth. Exactly. And I, so I feel like this game is totally made for eight-year-olds, ten-year-olds maybe. Yeah. Which probably, you know, don't give a hoot about... Harry Potter now they're into the Maze Runner oh. or Hunger Games or <laughs> oh whatever whatever bullshit that is. Well, let's do a case study. Do your kids know or care about Harry Potter? No, mm. it is far too scary for them currently. Well, oh, my my kids are also like six and three years old. They're, yeah. they're still too young. Yeah, but okay. I wouldn't imagine ten year olds really care about Harry Potter. Really, the thirty year olds. <laughs> yeah, if they were smart, make this for the thirty year olds who have disposable income, well pay to unlock all the bonus in there and make the game a little bit more hardcore yeah harry potter hardcore hogwarts mm, that's that's, that. that's you're you're delving into that fanfic oh, no. area yeah, again no. dark web retreat <laughs> expecto patrona oh. <laughs> shall we compare some of the stats yes see how we got on i just want to see i also want to see a picture of your character first <laughs> why are their arms so long i don't understand. i don't know they have freakishly long arms I'm still in year one, okay. and I and I assume that they're going to be in like that's going to be future DLCs of like you finish season one, that's mm. year one, and then you get onto year two. Yeah, I'm on level three. I guess I'm fourth. I don't know what that means. Oh no, underneath. Oh, level four. Oh, look at you go. Where where is your courage at? So my courage is one. Mm. Oh, look at you, courage three. Oh, I my empathy is a two. Yep, we're the, we're the same there. And my knowledge is two. Mm. So we didn't get very far in this game. Doesn't feel like it. What did you think of the story? Ugh. Oh, I'm. This was a terrible game. <laughs> I mean, didn't you the feel the story? Okay, so uh, it took a long time to get to the story. It was mildly entertaining when characters you knew popped up. I was like, oh, here's Hagrid. Oh, here's Professor Snape. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a sorting hat, which is kind of creepy. 
the mystery of your brother who has a bad reputation that he doesn't give a damn about is uh, kind of interesting. But yeah, frankly, I doesn't give a shit about this game. Right, yeah. <laughs> I was not at all gripped. It was tedious. I think it's almost there for me. There was a little bit about like how people perceived um, the brother sort of did something with like a secret vault that's in Hogwarts and oh. unlocked it for Voldemort, right? Like that, oh, that Vol- kind of... Voldemort? You have... <laughs> Okay, so you've played a little bit further. And so there's something that's intriguing there, and it's actually playing with some key characters, like actually talking about Voldemort, you know, Dumbledore's in the picture. Um, and it's sort of, this is like a, a it predates Harry Potter actually joining um, Hogwarts. And so I think that kind of aspect is really intriguing. And I think they did put a lot of emphasis into the story, but it's really like the gameplay and the the game elements are just like far too childish for me to really give a hoot <laughs> yeah how did you find the monetization uh tactics it's that was really that was really like one of the biggest flaws for me it was such a bummer to have this whole game based around that that mechanic which i feel is like such a tired monetization gaming mechanic so you need energy to carry on performing tasks yeah basically right and then you hit a wall and then you're like, oh no, you need to wait 15 minutes before you can finish your potions class or buy some gems for right. only two ninety nine in the app store. Yeah, I just feel like it's, I don't know, it must be successful because people are paying for it. But Oh, as a tactic in general. Yeah. If they want to get actual gamers to care about their games, this is not the way to do it. It just makes me feel like, is this where all... Is this the best you can do? Big featured you know, Harry Potter franchised gaming is going to get to on mobile. And you've seen some pretty good Harry Potter games. I mean, I, there, there there have been Harry, Harry Potter games on, on consoles. Oh, I've not seen Which those. are standalone games. I mean, you do pay like 50 bucks for them, but they, they sort of replicate the movie. You know, it's like, it's supposed to be mm-hmm. like a standalone game. But yeah, I feel like there was such an opportunity here to make this something really cool. And they lost me on all fronts. They lost me on the monetization, the monetization aspect. They lost me on um, the gameplay elements. Kind of, kind of loses me everywhere. Was there any voice acting? There is voice acting. Oh, but because I feel like this is an international game, all what all the characters do mm-hmm. is they just emote by grunting, <laughs> right? So, so you have like, uh, like the the bad girl Malice. They're like, <laughs> right? And they'd be like, and you can read their dialogue and kind of imagine what they're saying. And then you have <laughs> Professor Snape, you know, poor Alan Rickman or the, the impersonator of Alan Rickman being like, mm, <laughs> mm, mm. and I'm like, that's a pretty good Alan Rickman, right? Like, yeah, port key games, you can have those two for free. They can't. They can't actually say anything because I think um, this game is probably like heavily uh, localized mm. to other markets. Yes. <laughs> so they just want. Yeah. And also, it's so much easier just to use that as a loop rather right. than having to record new new <laughs> new new dialogue each time. Can you imagine the voice actor doing that? It's like, okay, now give me a give me a happy Snape. It's like, mm. <laughs> give me a displeased Snape. Mm. That was really upsetting for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> right let's do some three by threes let's search around for some good points 
this is a pretty realized look into the Harry Potter world. And I felt really good about like visiting places like Diagon Alley, going into uh, Aldiwar. Oh, was it Aldi, Aldiwar? Ollivander's. Ollivander. Yes. Ollivander's shop. You know, oh, and, like no. picking out the wand and all that stuff. That I thought those are like really nice touches. Each room is really fully fleshed out, the classrooms and everything, but it's very heavily based on the movies and not necessarily the books. But the movies were, were very good representations of the books, I feel. So it does feel like you're in that world. It's kind of fun when beloved characters show up. It's good to see the characters kind of younger again, right? But um, still not great. I don't know, there's something wrong with their faces, you know. It is, it is very caricatured, mm. caricaturized. Yeah. Um, yeah, the production was great. So the CG models, they all look great. Nothing really broken. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there's definitely a lot of artistry involved in like bringing all these characters to life in ways that's unique to the game, but not like direct copies of the movies or anything. Oh, I've run out of good points. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is like the onboarding was kind of cute, right? Like, you know, you make your character, your, you know, opens up that letter, it reads the letter from Hogwarts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sort of presents you into this world, which is kind of what you, kind of the feeling that you want to get as you're, um, as you start a Harry Potter game. So I thought that was really good. Yeah. On to the bad points. Okay. Well, no, nothing about this really grabbed me. Like I agree. I wish, like if they could have pushed the story front and center a little more, how interesting is it to go through Getting the getting the paper, getting going to Diagon Alley, going on Hogwarts Express, going to the Sorting Hat. I mean, yeah, 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 I get it. But like, how many times have we seen that before? Yeah, throw me into the story earlier, or give me a reason to keep on playing. There was a lot of reading. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing is like it just felt really childish, um, and I think that's unfair in some way because right, because well, it's a children's book, but then is it really though? It gets it's a dark. young adults book. Uh oh. Sam's favorite. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, the games and the challenges are just way too inane and dumb uh, to grab any gamer. The coolest games that kids want to play are games that don't feel like they're for kids. And this just feels like it's for kids. No kid wants to be put through that. <laughs> well, I've got to say, it's currently rocking a 4.7 star rating with uh, 187,000 reviews. Yes, because so have you like seen it. those other games? They're all they're all very much in the same vein. Really? Yeah, they're all kind of dumb. This kind of actually reminds me of, what was that stupid Where's Waldo style game? Case, murder, mystery, case yeah, closed. It's exactly like that. It's totally the same mechanics. You just tap around. You don't have to use your brain. You just have to wait for a meter to recharge. <laughs> oh, I can't solve the mystery because I've run out of energy to look for. Yeah. My final point is that this, they, we need, they need to do something about this monetization thing. The save the world thing, it, it's going to work for them, but for, for the a higher, the save the world murder case. Oh, just using like the energy. Yeah. Tactic. Like for a no name game like that, that kind of works. I'm, I'm fine with other that, but like when you have an opportunity to make a Harry Potter Potter game, makes his own game. But that's the problem. It's like even Marvel games do this, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just feel like, wow, it's gross. Come on, let's get with it. Think of some new games or new tactics. Yeah. But we've devalued apps to the point where people won't pay for them up front. But we need to change that. Let's change it. But it is interesting that there is something psychological about the smaller the screen, the less you're willing to pay for something. That's true. 
which is dumb. I mean, these are people's computers now. There are lots of people that don't have home computers and they just rely on their phone. Let's change it. Let's start a campaign. Right. I don't know how to do that. Also, why is this game in in landscape mode? Uh, Ah, Sam's all usual beef. Why? (laughs) Why the hell is this game in landscape mode? So dumb. There's no reason you need to use two hands at all. I wonder if this is even a game. Like I... (laughs) Uh, you know, this is I, this is definitely a game. It's a it horrible though, game. Yeah. What was that s- stupid game you made me play? Oh, Florence. That's a game. Is it? I to me, they kind of fall into a similar vein where it's kind of interactive storytelling, where it's not really a game. Sure, it's more and that just, is considered a form of game. Mm, not not in my brain. Okay. Would you consider a choose your own adventure book a game versus a regular book? Or not? No, it just is, is it a game? Is it a oh, game? No, I think it's a game. Mm. Would you would you consider a maze <laughs> on the day, on the newspaper that you draw a line through a game? Yes, yes, I would. Right? I think just because it's not interactive in ways that you perceive "quote unquote" game to be, I think they're still considered games. But I think I would say is a game fun. Exactly. Is, it, is it like responsive? If I do something, it does something back, and that's fun. I think Versus that's the point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's the better. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's the better point. That's the more valid point. Is like, sure, this is a game, but is it a good game? <laughs> is it a fun game? And with that, let's get to our final seven-day ratings. Three out of seven. I I forget how how few days I played it. To be honest two or three yeah i it was just uh, oh boy. i, I kind of wanted to follow along with the story of like what happens to your brother but like just the gaming stuff is so you probably look that up online right now i don't know i don't i don't want to you don't care that much yeah <laughs> it's also super heavy like it takes a long time to start it mm. wants to download even has a little warning at the beginning of the game this game downloads data while you play please consider using wi-fi right you know and it's like oh boy it's like a really slow thing to start up uh, no, there's nothing fun about it. Sorry. And there's no Hedwig. Yeah, that's the biggest part. <laughs> Where are the owls? Yeah. Bring bring on the owls. What should we play for the next seven days? How many how many games of PUBG have you played during this week while you were supposedly playing Harry Potter, Hogwarts, Hogwild? 20 or 30. As you know, there is, <laughs> there is another game that it's PUBG-like. Oh, boy. Edwin, yeah, uh-oh. you have seven days to play Fortnite. Should we do this in two weeks' time? <laughs> That's a joke for the British listeners out there. You have half a fortnight <laughs> to play Fortnite. Bravo, very good. What I know about Fortnite is it's like PUBG, but you also build things. It's like Bob the Builder crossed with PUBG. Exactly. That is actually their subtitle. <laughs> right. It's like Fortnite, Bob the Builder <laughs> plus PUBG. They've recently made some updates. It is now on season four. Let me read you the description. Okay. So I think I downloaded it a while ago and then did I delete it again? Yes, I deleted it again. Season like four I is I am about to do with Harry Potter. Season four is here. Hurrah, rejoice. Season four is starting off with a bang. The comet has crashed and brings new locations to explore. Hmm. Jump in and witness the aftermath of the impact while you level up your battle pass and earn new loot. Hmm. Hop rocks. The comet has... <laughs> Hop rocks. The comet has left a mark on the island. Visit the crater and you'll find glowing rocks all around. Consume them and lift off with low gravity. Oh, interesting. Yep. So this is available for both mobile 
iOS and Google Play. So this seems to be, at least judging from the cover art, like a little bit more like a cartoony. It does have PUBG is sort of more like serious military shooty shooty. Fortnite has uh, more of a cartoony feel. You jump off a school bus that is being flown across with a hot air balloon, and there are rocket launchers and stuff like that in this game. You can customize your glider, aka your parachute, as you glide down. I know you're very used to PUBG, so you're. Well, you've, you've gotten a lot better at shooting using the touch devices on the phone. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how we feel about this one. I uh, I have got to level 27. Holy schmoly. PUBG is one of the many metrics that I can't keep track of. I think there's going to be lots to compare between the two. Oh, compare and contrast. Hopefully we can take this review as its as its own thing, as Fortnite for itself. Oh, I will try and get out of the mentality. Before we go, what is your thing of the week, Sam? Um, I've been experimenting and listening. <laughs> that sounds that sounded weird. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> I've been I've been trying to get uh, a wider array of more podcasts. Um, okay. I hear that's a popular pastime. People yeah. like to indulge in. Mm-hmm. So i I started listening to Dissect again, which is really good. Uh, it's a, it's a podcast that goes through one album in particular and breaks down everything in really great detail. It's uh, it's sort of a Spotify exclusive now, which is really exciting. Um, and so where Song Exploder kind of deep dives into a different song each episode, this does a different song each episode, but it's all part of an album. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So there would okay. be um, the one that I'm listening to is on Kanye's uh, Dark Twisted Fantasy. And he goes through the history of, of the entire album of Kanye as well in the beginning, is like the first three episodes. Kanye is not on it. Oh, okay. So you said no. he. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he goes through it. the okay. host, uh, Cole Krishna. Uh-huh. And he breaks down each episode in really great detail with a lot of musical knowledge, different Topics references. Knowledge. Exactly. And it's, it's fascinating and it's interesting to listen to. Uh, I would highly recommend the. Uh, if you don't like Kanye, his first season is about... Well, maybe if you don't like Kanye, you should listen to it and you'll find a newfound appreciation. Exactly. But like someone like me, maybe I should listen to it because yeah. I don't really know what a Kanye West is. <laughs> I don't think I even know a song. I don't know what Kanye West is either. So- <laughs> better better if you don't. Just listen to it. Other thing I've been listening to is another podcast from The Nerdist called Talkin' Tunes. Talkin' Tunes. And it's run by uh, Rob... Paul Polly, I think. And he's sure. the voice of Jacko or Yakko in Animaniacs. So he has like this really distinct voice. Animaniacs, that's going back a little bit, back quite a ways. Yeah. They've got baloney in their slacks. <laughs> exactly. He obviously has a lot of like voice acting friends from the industry. And the one that I sort of looked into is with an episode with Bill Farmer, who does the voice of Goofy. And it's just fascinating to hear his oh, normal good. voice. So is it kind of old tunes then? Like tunes I would have heard of? Not these young, you, new people. No, no, no. They have like new people in there as well. Bob's like Burgers and the Horse Boy. Yeah. Like Back to the Future. They have an episode with John DiMaggio who voices Bender from Futurama. They're still pretty old though. That's what I've heard of. If I, like, if I've, if I, if I know who the character is. Yeah. They also <laughs> have Reese Darby who does the voice of one of the guys in Voltron. The new Voltron. Voltron. He's the New Zealand guy. Is that Voltron? <laughs> Never mind. Why am I saying Voltron? <laughs> <laughs> Check out the episode with the Bill Farmer because I think it's fascinating. And they talk about um, like <laughs> uh, a really interesting part where Goof, 
they talk about a goofy movie, which is one of my childhood favorite movies. <laughs> oh. And there's a, a cult following behind it, which is very unexpected for oh. a, a random little goofy movie. A goofy, goofy movie. And they went to this Comic Con for a panel for the goofy movie, and they just thought it'd be some like really small event, but it was like a sold out show. <laughs> And people were lining out the door to, to, to listen to this panel. And it's just fascinating to listen to them uh, talk about their, their craft of voice acting. Because, you know, I think it kind of closely relates to what we try to do as podcasters. Emoting with a voice is completely different from emoting with your body. Which is a disembodied voice in your head right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's certainly something that I've been more attuned to as we've done more podcasting. Quick thing of the week for me, movies with Mikey in defense of The Last Jedi, because I think it's safe to say neither of us particularly uh, weren't crazy about The Last Jedi, but watching this... Hmm, I have new respect for it. I don't necessarily change my mind. I don't think I enjoy it any more or less, but it is interesting to see... Let's have a, a new perspective on it and very eloquently argued and some good points put forward. Definitely worth 20 minutes of your time. Eloquently argued, very funnily implemented. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are I, parts yeah. I really like it when kind of when Mikey kind of does, that, and then you get to the and then there's a pancake. <laughs> there are a bunch of in jokes in there, so uh, you can gloss over those. Mikey is obviously like a very creative writer, and so he puts these things together very well. Yeah, we've talked about it in the past. If you if you know things like the Nerdist, or the was it Nerd Writer One, or Every Frame of Painting, which are very you know serious, dry looks at the art of cinema, this is kind of refreshing. Refreshing, but well backed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So definitely check that out. And another little quick thing, I'm going to call it now. Westworld season two is going to be <laughs> floppy flop. Yeah, we'll come back to this in a few weeks' time and see how my prediction holds up, but. Ooh, boy. I don't know. Mm. I, I did this, the thing that's always a bad sign is when you press down on your remote control to see how much longer the episode goes on for. <laughs> <laughs> I do that with really good movies. Oh, for me, as soon as I do that, I'm like, oh, right, bad. It's over. <laughs> this is a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, so my, my take on Westworld is that I was so happy with the way the season one ended yeah. that I was completely fine with... Mm. not even expecting a season two so you've not i haven't watched it at all and that's our show play along with us for the next half fortnight the game Fortnite. follow us on instagram follow us on twitter at seven days to play and uh don't email us seven days to play